This spring, if you'd rather spend time enjoying your lawn instead of trying to keep it alive, there's good news. True Green is the easiest and most affordable way to get a beautiful lawn. All you have to do is water and mow, and they'll do the rest. Weed control, fertilization, aeration, and even some things you might not even think of. They'll do all of it, while you can do literally anything else. With True Green, you could have your lawn looking as good as a putting green. That's not hyperbole. True Green is the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA Tour. True Green offers a satisfaction guarantee, and they have a verified best price promise, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people guaranteed. The hunt for Gabby Petito's fiance. There's snakes. There are wild boars. The search warrant executed at his parents' house. Police search warrant. And the question everyone is asking. With the eyes of the nation on him, how was he able to slip away? Brian was not uh, a, a suspect in a crime. We're not following him everywhere he's going. And the Gabby timeline. From the siege outside the parents' house. To these witnesses coming forward. Are those Gabby's flip-flops? Her hat? How they found the body believed to be Gabby. And the troubling just released 911 call made the day cops pulled them over. Who's slapping her? And the Emmys. Red carpet glamour returns to TV's biggest night. Carrie, Kaylee, Catherine, and Rita Wilson. Rapper? I gotta give a shout out to Sesame Street. Then, chiropractors for babies. <laughs> Do little ones need spinal adjustments like this? <laughs> now, Inside Edition with Deborah Norville. Hello, everybody, and thank you for joining us. The search for Brian Laundrie is escalating, and while he is still called a person of interest, in the wake of the discovery of Gabby Petito's remains, authorities have some pointed questions for him. His parents say he went for a hike at a nature preserve near his Florida home and never came back. Our Stephen Fabian is in Florida with the latest. FBI agents storm the Florida home of Brian Laundrie's parents, driving vehicles right up on the lawn. Please search warrant. Cops cordon off the house with yellow tape, telling reporters it's now a crime scene. You're in a crime scene. This is the first time they referred to this area as a crime scene. The FBI is executing a court-authorized search warrant today at the Laundry residence, relevant to the Gabby Petito investigation, the agency tweeted. Laundry's parents were taken to an SUV parked on the lawn, but were allowed back into the house a half an hour later. Brian Laundry hasn't been seen since last Tuesday, and now the Northport, Florida police find themselves under fire for allowing him to slip through their fingers. How did Laundry get out and nobody noticed? That place has been staked out 24-7. Police spokesman Josh Taylor says Laundry was never under surveillance. Brian was not a suspect in a crime. You know, we're not following him everywhere he's going. You know, there's been some of that, you know, that conversation floating out there, and that's, that's just not how it worked. A search of the alligator-infested nature reserve where Brian Laundry was believed to be hiding out was called off today with police admitting, we have exhausted all avenues. His parents claimed the 23-year-old had gone hiking at the Carlton Preserve last Tuesday and never returned. Arrest Brian! Arrest Brian! 
Cops went to the house Friday with brown evidence bags to collect Laundry's clothes so that dogs could pick up his scent. Searchers used helicopters, all-terrain vehicles, and airboats. It's in these gator-infested waters where investigators spent the weekend combing through this nature preserve, and it's a massive area, 25,000 acres, about the same size as the city of Miami. We're on an airboat right now because some of these areas are just really hard to reach. The vegetation is dense, it's hot, it's humid, there's snakes, there are wild boars. Needless to say, this is a difficult area to hide and a difficult area to find someone. After days of searching, there's no sign Brian Laundry was ever here. Could somebody hide out? in this area for days, weeks, months? If they know the area, yes. This weekend, developments in the Petito investigation kept coming. It all started Friday night with Brian Laundrie's parents reporting him missing, and there have been bombshells all the way through today. Here's a timeline. The fast-paced developments in the Gabby Petito case started Friday night. Gabby's family wants answers. Where's Gabby at, Brian? The house in Northport, Florida, where Brian Laundrie's parents live, came under siege. p.m. Brian's parents call police to report that he's been missing for three days. There has been a major development in the case of missing Gabby Petito. Now make it two missing people. Brian Laundrie's attorney says Brian is missing. Saturday morning, cops launch a massive hunt in the swampland where Brian's parents say he went hiking. Sunday, 1.45 a.m., a tantalizing clue is posted. That's a pretty good road. Two tourists post video of their trip through Grand Teton National Park in Wyoming. There, parked to the left, is that Gabby and Brian's van? You can also see the van in this other angle. Here's the van in Gabby's video blog. Compare that to the new video, which was recorded on August 27th, two days after Gabby last spoke to her mom. We were going to stop, but... It looked like nobody was there. All the doors were shut, windows were shut, everything was dark. How do we know it's Gabby's van? Citizen Sleuth spotted this pair of flip-flops. Gabby wore a similar pair. And that hat? It sure looks like Gabby's, as seen in this now-famous traffic stop video. There are some clear bumper stickers or stickers on the back of the van, and we're able to match those to the stickers that are on the back of the van that were seized by police down in Florida. Another tourist comes forward. Miranda Baker says she picked up Brian hitchhiking alone in Grand Teton. He offered to pay us like $200 to give him a ride. He then told us he's been camping for multiple days without his fiance, he did say he had a fiance, and that she was working on their social media page back at their van. She says Brian got out in a panic after just 20 minutes when he realized they were driving to Jackson Hole, Wyoming. Sunday, 6 p.m., the news that everyone was dreading. Earlier today, human remains were discovered, consistent with the description of Gabrielle Gabby Petito. The remains were found at the camping area where the video of Gabby's van was shot. As the nation absorbed the sad news, Gabby's father posted this poignant photo. She touched the world. Gabby's brother, TJ, writes, my heart is shattered. And this, a rainbow hovering above the site where Gabby's remains were discovered. Incredible coincidence. And this was the video that showed not everything was okay on Brian and Gabby's road trip. Body cam footage captured by police questioning the couple on the side of the road after they'd had an argument. Now, no charges were filed, but now the 911 call that prompted that moment has been released. And a witness is heard saying 
he saw Brian slapping Gabby. It's the just-released 911 call in the Gabby Petito case. A witness from Moab, Utah, says he saw Brian Laundrie slap Gabby days before she disappeared. I'm on the corner of Main Street by Moonflower. I'd like to report a domestic dispute. What were they doing? Uh, we drove by and the gentleman was slapping the girl. The 911 operator questions the caller to be clear on what he's claiming. He was slapping her, and then we stopped. They ran up and down the sidewalk. He proceeded to hit her hopped in the car, and they drove off. The police followed up by chasing down the white van, leading to this troubling body cam video. I'm sorry, we've just been fighting this morning. Some personal issues. The 911 call seems to contradict the police report that depicted Gabby as the aggressor, saying she scratched Brian. And determining how Gabby Petito died may not be so simple. One important factor, how much time has elapsed? Hello, hello. Gabby was last confirmed alive on August 25th during a FaceTime with her mother, Nicole. The remains were found in a remote camping area of the Grand Teton National Park. Exposure to the elements was likely. It's unclear to me if she was buried in a shallow grave, but even still, there could be rain, there could be you know intense heat, um, insect activity, other animals. Our expert says the coroner will do a full workup to figure out how Gabby died. You x-ray her, you look at every possible piece of trace evidence, and I don't mean just on the body, but at the scene as well. Then you have to think up close and personal. Could it be strangulation? Could it be blunt force? Could it be a gunshot wound? And you never want to think of just one modality. It could be multiple. Today, Gabby's family shared a sweet video of her celebrating the anniversary of the cafe where she once worked. Happy birthday, Noel. More recognition of how Gabby's story has resonated across America. The coroner is scheduled to perform an autopsy tomorrow. If you want to know more on the case, just come to our website, InsideEdition.com. Other news today, the TV Academy is hitting back at actor Seth Rogen, who went off script at last night's Emmy Awards to joke about what he called the lack of social distancing at the awards show. Emmy officials today say they followed all the COVID protocols. Jim Murray with more on that. Was it a joke or was he serious? There is way too many of us in this little room. Actor Seth Rogen questioned the wisdom of having so many unmasked people at the Emmys in an enclosed tent. They said this was outdoors. It's not. The show was very different from last year. I'm up here all alone. When Jimmy Kimmel hosted from an empty arena. This year, just the nominees were invited, plus one guest. COVID precautions were embraced. Tables were set at least six feet apart. Everyone had to show proof of vaccination and a negative COVID test to get in. Host Cedric the Entertainer quickly shut down Seth Rogen's crack. Unlike what Seth was talking about, it feels good. We all vaxxed. We had to get vaxxed to come here, you know what I mean? This wasn't actually in a building, in an auditorium. The ceremony was in a tent that was put up in downtown L.A. The Emmy's tent is still standing today. It's a temporary structure erected on top of a parking garage. The Television Academy says it followed strict COVID protocols, including enhanced air filtration. That large tube coming out of the roof is part of the air purification system. And comedian Chris Rock revealed he's got a breakthrough case of COVID. Trust me, you don't want this, he tweeted. 
Rock got the J&J vaccine, joking about it on late night last May. I skipped the line, too, to get my vaccine. I didn't care. Oh, you did? Oh, yeah. I, I used my celebrity, Jimmy. <laughs> you just did it. Yeah, I'm doing, I'm I didn't care. I was like, hey, step aside, Betty White. I didn't. <laughs> <laughs> Though the Emmys were scaled down in terms of number of guests, it was just like old times when it came to red carpet glamour. A lot of the stars haven't been to an award show in ages, so they made up for lost time. It was a return to red carpet glitz and glamour. Please welcome Catherine Zeta-Jones. Catherine Zeta-Jones flashed a thigh-high slit in a strapless wine-colored gown accompanied by husband Michael Douglas. Yellow and neons proved to be surprising colors that popped up on the red carpet. Queen's Gambit nominee Anya Taylor-Joy wowed in a pale yellow gown and bright billowing yellow train. The stunning look drew comparisons to Belle from Beauty and the Beast. Anya Taylor-Joy has really kind of become the queen of the red carpet. She did kind of look a little bit like Belle from Beauty and the Beast, and I mean that in the most complimentary way possible. The flight attendant nominee Kaylee Cuoco wowed in neon yellow from head to toe. Michaela Cole... Michaela Cole, a quadruple nominee for HBO's I May Destroy You, also wore a bold neon two-piece yellow gown. Kate Winslet. Kate Winslet, who received a standing ovation for her win for Mayor of Easttown, was glamorous in black. And Carrie Washington was gorgeous in a lilac silk corset gown. Jason Sudeikis, Ted Lasso. There was also Jason Sudeikis, who won Best Actor for Ted Lasso, looking sharp in blue velvet. Also turning heads, Emmy nominee Billy Porter, who was about to take flight in giant wings. The Crown's Emmy-nominated actress Emma Corrin made a bizarre fashion statement in a strapless frock and bonnet. Quite a different look from her Princess Diana role. A lot of people compared the look to Handmaid's Tale costumes, but Emma knows she's taking a risk, and she just loves to get artful with her fashion. And this rap wouldn't be complete. I gotta give a shout-out to Sesame Street. Other notable moments, actress Rita Wilson helped open the show while rapping. Jean Smart choked back her emotions as she dedicated her Emmy win for Hacks to her late husband. Before I say anything else, I, I have to, I have to acknowledge my late husband, Richard Gilliland, who um, passed away six months yesterday, and he, I would not be here without him. Yes! Conan O'Brien went rogue, jumping on stage when Stephen Colbert won, even though he had nothing to do with the show. Most of the people behind me. Most of the people behind me really deserve this Emmy right now. First time Emmy host Cedric the Entertainer earned high marks for delivering fun comedy without being mean. I got vax. I did not have a reaction like Nicki Minaj's cousin's friend, okay? (laughs) Emmy ratings were up 16% from last year. That's the highest number since 2018. Next, chiropractors for babies. Do little ones need spinal adjustments like this? And the surprise of her life when her husband took her to the movies. What they played on the screen that got her all choked up. Never in a million years did I think that this was going to happen. Inside Edition with Deborah Norville will be right back. This episode is brought in part to you by Audible 
your go-to destination for thrilling audio entertainment. Whether you're looking for a hair-raising experience to enjoy while you're on the move or eager to dive into sinister and shocking tales, Audible has an exclusive collection of thrillers from best-selling authors that will keep you on the edge of your seat. Like James Patterson's first audio-only thriller, The Coldest Case. Experience stories like never before, where every chilling detail is brought to life by captivating sound design. Plus, as an Audible member, choose one title a month to make yours forever. And now, new members can try Audible free for 30 days. Just visit audible.com slash WonderyPod or text WonderyPod to 500-500. That's audible.com slash WonderyPod or text WonderyPod to 500-500. Some parents swear by the benefits of chiropractic adjustments for young children, but a number of doctors question if there's any scientific evidence to back it up. Here's Les Trent. These infants are all getting adjusted. Put them all the way down. Three months old. Chiropractors say their spinal manipulations are safe. Good job. And essential for the well-being of infants like eight-month-old Roman. Okay, on your back, buddy. Just that little light pressure. Uh-huh. Put in the right place. Okay, oh, don't be fussy. Go ahead. That's not painful for the baby? Did it look painful? I don't think it did. No, he's perfect. Pediatric chiropractors Teresa and Stuart Warner and Dr. Lisa Goodman. A little adjustment on her neck, her middle back. Believe these adjustments can help with everything from colic to ear infections. They're having colic, um, gassiness, fussiness. They end up with ear infections. The number one reason, 16 million visits a year to pediatricians. And the number one reason that they get referred into the chiropractor's office is for ear infections. But Yale professor of neurology, Dr. Stephen Novella, says there's no proof chiropractic care is beneficial for kids. It doesn't work for colic, for infections, for asthma. There really is simply no scientific reason to do chiropractic on babies. Pediatrician Dr. Clay Jones agrees. I do think it is irresponsible because it puts children at risk. But these kitty chiropractors stand by their methods. I don't understand it. I don't understand the concerns. I really don't. The benefits are so huge, and it just doesn't make sense to me why people would ever doubt it. This mom swears by it. She's actually been a patient of the Warners herself since she was five years old. You've heard about the controversy. I mean, there are people who say, there are doctors who say that this is unnecessary, that it could be it could be dangerous for the baby. Yeah, potentially, but we know how gentle Dr. Terry and Dr. Stu are when dealing with babies. Little Ewan is only three months old. It seems really, really little to be yeah, doing. Too. He's already had a few visits. Yeah. His parents say the adjustments have helped with his acid reflux. According to the Journal of the American Medical Association, on average, 11% of chiropractic patients are children and adolescents. When we come back, a big surprise on movie night. Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Bite Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Bite. 
Imagine getting your wedding video and it's blank. Well, that happened to this couple, but when the video turned up, the bride got a special surprise. Kayla and Drew Gottfried were celebrating their 14th wedding anniversary with a very special private screening at their local movie theater in Eugene, Oregon. She had no idea what movie she was going to see. Kayla thought her husband had arranged for her to watch a favorite movie, Top Gun or Galaxy Quest. Never give up. Never surrender. Oh, shut up. But when the lights dimmed, what came on the big screen was their wedding video, which she thought had been lost for all these years. How is this happening? How do you have these? I have tried to ask that, but I couldn't through the tears. Kayla sat there in tears watching her ceremony from 2007 as she and Drew exchanged vows under a beautiful gazebo in front of 300 friends and family. As soon as the gazebo popped up, I knew, like, this is our wedding. These are our wedding videos. So how did their long-lost wedding video reappear? It was in a box of old tapes stored at their church and discovered by happenstance by the church's creative director, James Dana. We had this old box of tapes. I just dug through here, playing things, popped into the recorder, and there was Drew and Kayla. Now Kayla and Drew have their memories of their wedding day, never to be misplaced again. Yeah, we've got like five or six copies now. <laughs> not losing it again. Yeah. <laughs> Moral of the story, always check those old videos before you throw them out. And when we come back, a different pair of lovebirds. Finally today, talk about ruining the mood. These young lovers position their camera for the perfect romantic sunset. Suddenly, a seagull crashes the shot. Now, there are two of them. Talk about lovebirds. It's like a Hitchcock movie. That is Inside Edition for today. I'm Deborah Norville. Thanks for watching. If you like Inside Edition, you can listen early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus in the Wondery app or on Apple Podcasts. Prime members can listen ad-free on Amazon Music. Before you go, tell us about yourself by filling out a short survey at wondery.com survey.